Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I'm glad that we can spend time together today. Hope your day was good. Hope your weekend was good. And as usual, I've got a great show for you, and I can't wait to uh, get it started. Patrick Albanese is going to get things started. You know, I always, always like starting things on a lighter note. I try not to take myself too seriously, although I take the job very seriously. But Patrick has been a friend and colleague uh, for many, many years, and he is a uh, not only a performer and a comedian and an actor, but he's an all-around great guy. And I was just, he just sent me over his updated curriculum vitae. Or is it vitae or vitae? I'm never sure which one it is. But listed on his curriculum vitae was that he was previously a proofreader. And I think he meant proofreader, but I'm not sure. Patrick, welcome. <laughs> no, no, proofreader. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> See, I never know with you if that was proof or prof. Yeah, I, I sometimes put things in intentionally just to see if I can catch somebody. That's that's always been my excuse for any mistake that I happen to make. <laughs> just, just checking on you, that's all. That's well, why I said the curriculum. Cur- curic- what happened to resume? What was wrong with resumes? I mean, that's a, that's a fancy, that's a foreign word well, that's as well. why, Isn't that French? That's why you never got booked. That's why you never got hired. Because you I always sent got, over didn't... a resume. You should have sent over a curriculum vitae. Yeah. So that's Latin, right? Yeah. It's like an account of your life or something like something that. Something like that, and yeah. I, and I always thought that the prospective employer was more interested in, can I do the job? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Because if you want an account of my life, I don't know. I, I could go on, I suppose. Uh, no one a, wants to a, know everything. Is that a bio? That's a bio. That's a bio, right? yeah. Yeah. All these fancy Latin terms we have for everything. I mean, uh, uh, I, I think, uh, what, what was that word they used, you know, when they, when they, the syllabus? Is that is that a foreign word? You, yeah, that I was pretty much lost there in school. Yeah. Here's a syllabus. I said, <laughs> oh, great. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Can I just have no. can I just have a sheet of what we're gonna do this semester? I don't want a syllabus. I don't want a syllabus. Yeah. Right. Just just yeah, if you could just put down on a piece of paper what is expected of me. Right. I'll I'll get and to then, it. Yeah, and then I'm looking for the magic phrase grading on a curve. <laughs> <laughs> or preferably pass fail. I always felt like I stood a pretty good chance yeah. of surviving a pass fail grade. Yes. Yeah. I mean, let me know when I'm on the cusp. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, but, well, you, you always like when they said, you know, and, and we'll be happy to throw out your lowest test score. Because I was thought, well, that's going to be a competition for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you uh, you took the family uh, tribe cross country uh, in the old family truckster this past uh, weekend, didn't you? Well, I mean, cross country, 350 miles to uh, lovely Chicago, and so proud to say uh, that it was actually my idea, and I didn't, I didn't even put up a fight with myself over it. <laughs> nice, you just went and did it. Good for you. Uh, you know, I ended up with an unexpected free day, and so I took the kids out of school. My my stepfather just turned 94, so I thought, well, let's go out and see him. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Yeah. 
Well, I spoke to him on his birthday, and it's, it's, people are growing up, and kids and grandkids and great-grandkids are all kind of moving away. He sounded lonely. Mm. So uh, we said, let's just go, let's go, you know, uh, have a visit with him. And then we ended up being able to see a whole bunch of family because we, we went to a uh, we went downtown to the Shedd Aquarium and I made a couple of calls and it turned out some of the people that were on our list that we were hoping to see said, well, I'm downtown right now. I said, so are we. Wow. So we ended up getting this. It was, yeah, there was a couple different family members from different places just all coincidentally happened to be downtown and we were able to all get together nice. all at once. It was, now, the so Shedd, we had fun. The Shedd Aquarium is an interesting place. Give me a couple of the highlights. Well, the beluga whales. Uh, they're just absolutely beautiful and mesmerizing to watch. It's almost hypnotic. Uh, and, uh, of course, everybody loves the penguins, the penguins, mm -hmm. because they're just, they're comical. And, they all uh, look the same, though, which is disturbing. They all do look the yeah. same. Yeah, they had a clothesline, and uh, they all had their suits hung up, so that okay. was nice. Yeah. Uh, the sharks were neat. You know, it's, now my stepbrother used to be the president. Uh, did I drop that name? Did I drop that name? Don't trip over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did hear yeah. that. Yeah, uh, So, but he's retired a few years ago, and so um, I had to go in as a normal person. Ooh. Which meant I had to take out my credit card. <laughs> so, <laughs> but... Uh, it, it it's just it's one of the it's it's one of the great things about Chicago is yeah. you, you say well any one of the museums I go to will be one of the best in the world at what it does it'll be one of the best aquariums in the world yeah we went to the Museum of Science and Industry uh, and it was just you go well, this is one of the best in the world and I can see why yeah yes you know captivating for young and old alike exactly what were some of the highlights from there you you mentioned a, a, a something about the um, the space crew which I found interesting. Yeah, so uh, they actually have the the, the the capsule that splashed down, um, and boy, talk about claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I thought, hey, there's supposed to be three guys in this thing? No, no, and no, no. This is, <laughs> yeah. You think yeah, an MRI yeah. is claustrophobic? How about getting in that space yeah. capsule with two other guys? Uh, with two other guys, yeah. This thing was a little bit smaller than a New York studio apartment. But, okay. Uh, um yeah, it turned out that the, uh, I don't know why I didn't know this, but the Apollo 8 crew, which was, I believe, the first crew to orbit the moon, and then they would see the, what they would call the Earth rise, and so they were up in the air, they they went up uh, a couple days before Christmas, so on Christmas, they said they wanted to do something special, and the three astronauts read the first, uh, I believe it was 10 verses or 10, yeah, 10 verses of Genesis. They took turns reading from Genesis. They took turns reading, uh, from Genesis. That'd be Frank Borman, James Lovell and William Anders. Those are the astronauts yeah. on Apollo 8. And they're all still alive today. It's crazy. Those, yeah. those three, yeah. yeah. And he was in the middle of the Vietnam war. They couldn't think of anything appropriate. And somebody on the grounds, his wife said, why not read from the book uh, book of Genesis, you know? And you think how appropriate it was. They were coming up, and they start to see the, the earth. And you, you say, well, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. And they're, it's almost like they're saying that as they're, as they're coming up to see the earth from out in space. It, it, just, it gives you chills to think about it. And it, it, that's, it, it was, you know, I kind of got that, you know, that feeling you get in your chest. Uh, which is not, by the way, acid reflux. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, but you feel, you know, there's a sense of patriotism, of course, but there's also a sense of the, the, the beauty of the whole moment. And 
And then you wonder, would we do this today? And it was funny. I looked it up and they actually did get sued. Uh, some member of the Atheist Society uh, sued the astronauts and sued the government saying, I should not be subject to that. Oh, wow. Uh, and you'll be happy to know they lost. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, so, uh, did they have any of their it, any of their space suits available for viewing? They they had all kinds of things: space yeah. suits, journals. Uh, you know, there, there were various things. In fact, when we went to, they have this. They have a, a German submarine, uh, the only one left, uh, the U five hundred five, a U boat. It was just stuck in this building, and all kinds of artifacts. And you uh, you look at. You're not going to, this is going to be hard for you to believe, I think. You uh, go back far enough, and people used to use pen and paper to write things down. Mm. Now you're losing pen me. Pen and paper. I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back pretty okay. far. But yeah, it was uh, even and going through the, the whole World War II exhibit, and you see, it's funny, we, we have crazy things going on in the world now, but I, I could not imagine what it must have been like to be a person waking up to the headlines. As I'm reading the headlines from the various newspapers, you think, this was really the end of the world. You know, everybody's declaring war on everybody, and people are bombing everybody, and they would show you, you know, what Hitler's designs were and the atrocities he committed. And we know these things, we kind of forget them. And... Uh, we we prevailed. We won, obviously. Uh, but uh, you know, I, it was a nice reminder that we always like to say the sky is falling. But there was a time it really was. Mm -hmm. The sky was falling. Yeah. How did they get that submarine into the museum? Well, they took a really big shoehorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, they they ended up building this wing around it. It it was in another location. I remember seeing it as a kid, and I went inside of it. Um, for the tour, it was a little claustrophobic because these beds, uh, where they, how they lived was, was, was pretty tight. But, uh, when they decided to move it to its permanent location, they basically put it up on big rollers and they moved it down Lakeshore. They just moved it. Mm. I love the ingenuity of people. They say, you know, we've got this 250 foot submarine. By the way, I asked the sailor there, I said, well, what is it? you know, common submarine these days, because this 250 feet is pretty big. I mean, it's almost a football field, right? Yeah. It's, well, the new one, it's about 700 some odd feet. 700? Some odd feet. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Now, the U-boat could stay underwater for up to 24 hours. The new one can stay under and never come up. That's crazy. Isn't it amazing? And, yeah. and, and you think over a short period of time, I mean, do you know when uh, Orville and uh, Wilbur I don't know why those names fell out of favor because they were such good names. When did, do you know when Orville and Wilbur did their first flight? Um, no. 1903. Oh, so you wow. say, well, that's only 120 years ago. And look what we've done in 120 years mm -hmm. from a, you know, a one minute flight to, you know, now we travel at supersonic speeds. I think it all took because them, of them. Yeah. It took them like 12 minutes to go 120 feet or something. Then they went it, right it, back to their, their workspace to try to figure out to improve things yeah and they were bike makers yeah and i think they sort of said they go well that was fun anyway back to bikes <laughs> right and i think i no. think they also said we got to figure out a way to serve peanuts on the next flight yeah yeah 
It's uh, well, I, I don't know who was strapped in. Only one of them, I think, at a time. Yeah. But yeah, the, the peanuts. It's funny because we they're in the the wing where you see the fancy meals being served. And my kids, of course, have never experienced <laughs> such a thing. They said, "You go, what is that?" I said, "Oh, that's called dinner. That's that was called <laughs> service. You could get dinner on a plane. Mm, yeah. Oh, you could get dinner. People mm-hmm. wore suits. Now, yeah, just really fun to take the kids to, uh, you know." They they fully embraced you know seeing the history in the past and, and how things come to be and it was it was pretty fun. Yeah, Patrick Albanese is my guest. We're gonna come back after a break and talk about why God allows trials and tribulations. That's all next. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. My head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show. You know, I love Mondays, and I always love starting with my friend Patrick Albanese. We always uh, start things a little bit on the lighter note, which I appreciate. But now we're going to move into something a little more challenging because if you are going through a hard time in your life right now, maybe what you're thinking about is nothing but right now because you God's got something ahead for you and something in your future that's hard to focus on that when you're in difficulty and trial and tribulation. And Patrick, I know that there are, uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to be in a hardship. And I know that whenever you are in a trial, it does Mm -hmm. help your perseverance because God blesses those who uh, patiently endure testing and temptation. Yeah, I I think because we're human, we, we do like things on our timeline, and of course, we'd like everything to go exactly as designed by us, uh, which which can't happen. It doesn't get to happen. Uh, and in trials and tribulations, they are pretty tough. You know, I, as you know, you know, people like to say, hey, when one door closes, another one opens. And I say, yep, yeah, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is the time lag between the two events, because they rarely happen simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And then you're often kind of stuck in this dark hallway, fumbling around not knowing where you're going to end up, not knowing when that door is going to open, where it is, where it's going to lead. And it's really the only time, you know, uh, I know those times tend to focus me well. If I remind myself, I say, this is is where I need God. This is where I need to be reminded that uh, I have to trust him. I think God is most interested in your heart, too, when you're in that hallway, when that first door is closed and the next one has not opened yet. Yeah. And you go back yeah. to, to Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I love that. Mm, yeah. that's. It, it, isn't it amazing, after all these years, both of us in our late 40s-ish. Awkward pause. And Awkward, yeah. Awkward pause. But... Um, you know, still, when you face a moment, uh, you know, I, I, 
bit back in Chicago, I, you know, I, I love spending time with family because sometimes I'm sure you know this. You spend time with your siblings and you start to see the similarities in how you view the world and you realize, ah, I'm not the only one who gets it wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, you know, t- just talking to my sister, she says, you know, we do have this tendency to, to go to the negative place first. And, and that is, that is true about me. And I have to make a concerted effort. And that is often very true in that dark hallway at the first place I go is the negative place. Um, and, uh, you know, fortunately I do have friends like you and other friends that will, will remind me, it's like, ah, well, remember, trust God, yeah. trust God. But, uh, you know, and I hopefully will get better at it. I'm, I've been making slow incremental improvements, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you go through a trial or a test, it's because God is going to bring about humility in you. And I guess that's something to brag about, huh? Well, I think it is. <laughs> I won first place in, hum- in a humility contest. I remember once, that. And I, I, yes. I see the trophy every time I come in your house. Well, it was, yeah, not only did they give me the trophy, they gave me the trophy case. Right. So, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. No, that, 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 yeah, that's, I mean, I, all kidding aside, uh, nobody wants to be taught humility. No. Which, which, of course, right there sort of tells you you probably need a dosage of humility learning, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, probably. You know, and then, if, every, if, I mean, if your attitude is, I do not need to be taught humility, it's like, oh, I believe you do. Yeah, I think you do too. <laughs> and if you yeah. go through a trial or a test, we just want you to know that we have incredible sympathy for you today, if that's where you're at. But I also know that every time you go through a test or a trial, you become more dependent on the Lord. And you always, it reinvigorates your prayer life. And that's always mm-hmm. the best defense against all trials. Yeah. Especially since, you know, the Bible does kind of say, look, it it's going to happen. You will have trials. Mm-hmm. You will have, you know, uh, I remember we, t- we used to talk about, you know, back in the days when 9-11 happened and people would say, you know, why did God let this happen? And, and we would have to ask ourselves, we have absolutely no idea of how many and what kind of things he didn't let happen. Mm-hmm. I know. We just don't know. God might be protecting you from a bigger problem that you don't see coming or you never imagined coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that can be all areas of your life. It could be, you know, the job you didn't get. Right. You know, uh, it could be a lot of things and you'd say, why, why, why? I know. Uh, you know, my, my good friend, uh, you know, Craig had, had just, he didn't get married till he was almost 60 and, uh, and, but you know, from a young age wanted to get married and he would say, I, why, 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 why? And then he finally met his wife and he said, boy, am I glad that none of those worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, I was being watched. I was being protected. Yeah. It's hard to be patient though. Yeah. And we also talk about wanting to share in the sufferings of Christ, pick up our cross and follow him daily. And, I, you know, I think everyone who's in a relationship realizes if you're following the Lord, there's going to be difficulty and there's going to be suffering. And I guess we're supposed to take that and turn it into his glory, which is not an easy thing to do, but it's what God commands us to do. Well, and, you know, if to the person that wouldn't be following Christ, guess what? You're going to get that stuff too. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody, nobody gets, gets away from it. And if you're going to have an ally, I would, I'd say, let's, let me have Jesus on my side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. think, no, I mean, I know he is, but I, I do have to acknowledge that, uh, you know, he, he's, 
he's there for me. It's not not uh, something that came easily to me. Mm-hmm. You know, a uh, little bit of a control freak at times. And of course, this, oh. ne- this, this next oh. concept, Patrick, is whatever trial or test you go through, it will help develop your character. And I mean, I remember joking about... I, I've al- I always wanted the, the character of my grandmother, but I just never wanted to go through the difficulties she went through. But the only right. way you like, have that character is by going through the difficulties. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, I mean, of course, I'm sure your mom, like mine, was you know, the, half the time something she was asking you to do was, you know, if you were to be foolish enough to say, what do I get out of it? <laughs> it was, yeah. It was very often something like the satisfaction of a job well done, uh, which I said, well, I haven't done it yet. You don't know if it's going to be well done, but okay. Uh, but the, the other thing was, uh, it builds character. Yes. Everything built character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it was my grandfather, it also put hair on your chest. Everything put hair on your chest <laughs> and built character. <laughs> that so, was always his line, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Eat those prunes, it'll put hair on your chest. Uh, yeah, I, I love I that. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't say that to your sisters, did he? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, good. You know, it's, uh, it was, I think he might was just directing it at me. He might have just looked at me and said, you could use some hair on your chest. Yeah. And then if these prunes, yeah. And then if you do go through a a trial or a, or a difficulty, it will always, uh, allow you to have an understanding for someone who's grieving. Or if you know someone who's gone through a similar situation, you can be there to comfort them and to carry their burden. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, very often, you know, when we're going through stuff like that, uh, the tendency, I think, I know for me is you, you, you think you're alone in the world. You know, I'm the only one, you know, billions and billions of people have, have lived, but nobody knows, nobody knows <laughs> the trouble I've seen, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and of course, you know, everybody, uh, there ever many, many people have, and, uh, um, you know, God often uses them in very insightful ways to help you heal. I love that. And, and God, then it's your turn. Yeah. And God always says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So Satan's strategy will be to try to get you to feel like you're alone. Nobody understands. Nobody gets you. And you're going to end up alone. And that's the lie that he will tell you, which is a lie. Yeah. I think if it ends in sadness, it's a lie. I agree. <laughs> Yeah. I agree. Yep. Oh, it's and, and silly any, stuff. And anything, any trial that teaches you to become more thankful and have more gratitude is a beautiful thing. Ephesians says, giving thanks yeah. always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, gotten much easier for me over the years. No, because uh, I, I've, I've just really learned to look around and say, I, th- I know I, th- I might have told you about my Aunt Donna, uh, you know, how sometimes people say, you know, when I die and I and I get to meet the Lord, I have questions. And uh, she would say that she would start that and, and she would say, you know, when it's my time and I get to meet the Lord, I have a question. Why me? Mm. Why, why so good to me? Oh, that's beautiful. Why so good to me? Yeah, I love that. It was one of the wonderful things about her, yeah. Uh, a good old Aunt Donna. Uh, Donna. All right, Aunt Patrick. Donna. Yeah, Aunt Mary Donna. Have yeah. a great rest of the By day. By the way, uh, learned from the uh, museum, uh, Pluto is no longer a planet it, and is no longer a dwarf planet. It is now a little person planet. All so right. there you go. Yeah. Learn something new every Helpful. day. Thanks, Patrick. Have I a great day. Have. Thanks, you too. You bet. Patrick Albanese has been my guest getting things started. Now we're going to follow up with the Monday 
afternoon mix, Sans Rosie B. If we can't talk uh, Ryan into being on board. the show if you just jumped on board so glad you're with me today say if you have not gotten the faith radio app i do encourage you to check it out go to your app store whatever phone device you have and you can download myfaithradio.com i think you'll enjoy it it has a um, lot of great features and instant access to the shows and podcasts and all that and it's pretty convenient to have it right on your phone and if you also want to be honoring your pastor it is still Pastor's Appreciation Month, which means that you can get your pastor a really nice card and, and, and a coffee gift card right here from us at Faith Radio. You can go uh, nominate your pastor at myfaithradio.com. You don't want October to happen and then November 1st shows up and your pastor didn't get anything because we want to make sure we get that pastor of yours uh, something nice from Faith Radio. Speaking of pastors, I've got Pastor David Miles on the line right now. He is uh, part of the Monday afternoon mix. We've got Rosie B. out today. David, it's you and me, unless we can talk Ryan into jumping on as well. Oh, man, I think we could talk Mitchell in, because Mitchell, is, he's, he's got some, some serious goodness to bring as well. Yeah, he does. He's got, he's got some gifts, i got to tell you. But today, uh, I know that you're, you're not in studio, and I do miss seeing your smiling face. Do uh, you want to just give me a, a, a brief excuse as to why you're not here? Well, I'm not here because of a of a funeral that I needed to attend today, and actually not needed. It was really a privilege to attend um, a funeral of a dear friend of mine, and um, it ended up being a lo- a little bit more of a robust uh, event, but for very, very, very good reasons. And uh, you know, Bill, I I I have to tell you, um, you know, the powerful words of a tribute. Ooh, let's uh, do really, talk about this. It, it's, well, you know, the powerful words of a tribute, like today I, I heard three grown sons who have their own children and grandchildren um, talk about the power of their father and just the, the impact of their mom and of their dad. And would, you know, by... By all means, they, they mentioned that, you know, they were very much humans and that they, they um, you know, they made mistakes. They lived life like the rest of us, but they talked about um, just their legacy and their life. And, you know, a really important thing about showing, um, showing love. And so, you know, I know as, uh, as listeners are listening, we all have a variety of different experiences. Um, with family and the like, but one of the charges that the, the dad who was passing away gave is that he, he really had entrusted what he had to his family to carry on. And even if we haven't been given a great trust, today we can say like Joshua, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, so I want to I make that caveat too, because sometimes when people hear about good reports or great tributes, they're like, you know, that's not my reality. 
And I want to just encourage people, if that's not your reality, you then can make a reality for your descendants mm. to be able to share that testimony. Yeah, that's beautiful. I attended a dear friend's of mine funeral a week ago today in Denver. And I have to say his four adult children got up and spoke eloquently about their love and devotion to Jesus Christ based on the way their parents led them to the Lord, nurtured them in the word and gave them this uh, fully modeled life of faithfulness. And I have to tell you, that was a very beautiful moment to see his four grown kids get up. And I, I thought to myself, well done, my friend. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's one of those key things. And today that's something that rang through from beginning to end was this gentleman's faith. And a, and a really important word to this too. Um, numerous people who shared, especially the three sons and their tributes said it was a faith that was shown not as much as just told to. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't just they didn't just talk about it, but they talked about how um, their dad's faith was something he walked out, and they they saw that in the lives of other people. And it was it was more it was that whole thing that more is caught than taught, mm-hmm. and they just talked about catching um, what their what their dad did, and and you know really cool in the ways um, that their dad served their mother yeah. um, when she was coming to me into life and uh, in the ways that, that even as he had his own health issues, he just greatly cared um, for that. And, mm-hmm. and the impact of that is seen through this man, one of the sons that I know that I was there wanting to support, is seen through his impact that now spreads to multiple, multiple people. But he also just, not but, and he credits his father's um, impact in his life. And so, you know, um, you know, Bill, one other important thing here about this, because, you know, the reality is, and sometimes churches, we don't do really a, a good job at this, but the reality is that in our settings, in our church setting, in our church family, over half of the people are singled or widowed or widowers. And, you know, sometimes this conversation can make it seem like, oh, this is just something, you know, for a father and a mother. And the importance of last words are huge. And I I think of my own mom, because my mom went home to be with the Lord November 26, uh, 2017. My mom, Mary, was also known as Mother Miles, and she was a church mother. And so though my brother William, my sister Teresa, and I were her three, you know, terms of uh, biological children, my mom had many spiritual children. And, and for those, you know, adoptive families, there's not biological. No, you just have children. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I love the words that, that Paul writes to Timothy, his last words. And in Second Timothy, Paul opens up writing to Timothy, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child. And he speaks with this great tenderness to Timothy. Now, Paul's going to go on to say, you know, I see your faith, faith, sincere faith, 
the dwell first in your mo- your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. Well, when you turn to Acts chapter 16, you find out that Timothy um, met Paul on one of his missionary journeys, and it was in the area of Derby and Lystra, and it says, and a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. So here you have Timothy, who's this inter-ethnic Jewish-Greek child, what we would say today, biracial child, mm-hmm. of whom there's two books of the Bible written after, for those who wrestle with that. And, and one of the things is when we get to Second Timothy, Paul doesn't mention his dad. He mentions his mom and his grandmother. And so you have Paul being a father to Timothy. So any of you who love church leadership and having really good, healthy church leadership with elders and deacons, well, Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 about having godly elders and godly deacons. And so part of him writing is the fact that Paul was a father to this person whose father does not seem to be on the scene. Mm. You know, and in his last words, he's like, my beloved child. And so, you know, I treasure deeply um, my spiritual daughters that I have. I have two of them. We were just texting with each other yesterday, and they're two sisters. And I love these two girls, young women. They're women married with children, and I did one of theirs wedding. But I love them as my own daughters. And, uh, and to be able just to pour into them. And so there's a rich opportunity um, for us to do that on multiple, multiple levels and in multiple and multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Even you describing your mother, David Miles, is, talk about Mama Miles, I get the feeling she was a very safe space for a lot of people. Oh, you know, my mom, it's, it's kind of like this. Um, you know, my mom, when, uh, was the, the person asked the question in, uh, Narnia is Azalon, you know, safe. It's like, well, my mom was very much a safe person and she was still a mother. And I remember at the, um, visitation service, um, as five pastors got up and one of them was, uh, the Bishop of the church of God in Christ, uh, over the, over a region. And they got up and they said, you know, Mother Miles loved us. And then one of the guys said, you know what? Mother Miles was the person that when she took you to the woodshed, (laughs) you were glad that she did. Yeah. Because she did it with the grace and love of Jesus Christ. And she would like, you know, she would pull you aside, but very lovingly say, like, I love you enough. You know, and that statement, sometimes I'll say, I love you too much to play games. I love you too much not to tell you the truth. My mom was that way. So, yeah, my mom was approachable. Um, my kids don't, my kids greatly miss their grandmother. They don't love some of the things that, that, uh, that, uh, that I inherited from my mom. For instance, on the safe part, if you were in a restaurant, you were not getting out without my mother running into somebody. If you were out someplace, uh-huh. if she didn't know someone, or if someone didn't come up and talk to her, you know, my, my kids laugh at me meeting people. And when they meet and I introduce her, like, well, I thought you knew that person. No, I just met them. I got that from my mom. 
just just loving people. And so, yeah, in ways, though, my mom was safe, safe, not mushy. She was definitely safe and approachable. And she was also safe and loving in a way that she could just speak into a person's life. And she would, you know, and that was um, that's something that I I can say that's poured over into into my life of just of loving people. You know, my mama said this. She said, David, she said, if you are blessed to have one good friend, like one true good friend, mm-hmm. not, not like, not just like fleetingness, but like true, like a friend sticks closer than a brother. She says, you are truly blessed. And she said, and I've been blessed with several women that are, that are truly, truly uh, great friends. But my mom also on this point, my mom was a very great friend to other people. So she wasn't a person that just wanted friends. She was a great friend to others and in turn received the, the fruit of that. And David, that could be challenging for people who say, I really would love to have a good friend because in order to have a good friend, you have to be a good friend. And sometimes having a good friend means you've taken the first step or you've, you've put yourself at risk because usually all friendships start at some point with a certain level of risk. They do start with the level of a risk, Bill. And, you know, I remember this, you know, just I got a, a note from um, of a video, a cool video from a, just an encouraging devotional video from a church I used to pastor in Ohio. And I remember that there were some, some dear ladies and they were like, you know, I want friends. All of them wanted friends, but they, they didn't want to step. They wanted other people to come to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, so, like, if you're standing with your back faced in a corner and, and also just sending the signals, don't come near me, but at the same time you're like, I want people to come near me, it, it, it does require a bit of risk. I mean, like it, I mean, like that part of putting yourself out. And at the same time, isn't that what you're wanting another person to do? You're wanting them to take that step towards you. Now, some are going to... Some may say, and it's true, like, I don't really know how to make that step or, or I'm afraid. And again, because on the Monday afternoon mix and then Kate and, and, and Faith Talk Radio, there's that part. There's that part of having faith to talk, not radio, faith to talk to someone. And in the parts that you lack, what did Paul say? That in my weaknesses that Christ would exhibit himself, mm-hmm. you know? And if we would realize at times, too, that it's like with my students at Northwestern, you know, I'll tell them, guys, ask questions, because there's a really good chance that the question that you ask, there's probably three or four or five or the whole class is asking the same question. They're just wondering who's going to ask it. Mm, so true. You know? yeah. And so reach out to someone and, and, you know, try, you know, give it, a, give it an opportunity and, and say, God, Give me the strength to step out of my comfort and to step towards another person. Mm. Good wisdom, David Miles. You're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix without Rosie B. today. We'll take a break and we'll be right back with lots more. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. 
We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Welcome to the show. It's time for the Monday Afternoon Mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. She's not here with us today. Ryan Mitchell, who's in for Rosie today, is raising his hand like the whole time wanting to get in, but we haven't let him in yet, so I don't know if you're taking that personally or not, Ryan. Yeah, you know me, Bill. Eager Beaver. I can never That's what wait I mean. to get in That's what I mean. Anything. He's always like, raise, <laughs> oh, pick me, pick me, pick You got your hand up like that, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, David, uh, because we're talking about friendships today, and there's people for sure that are missing friendships. We just uh, lost friends. I lost a dear friend of mine, and the funeral was a week ago today, and you were at a funeral today for a friend of yours. Would you mind uh, just praying for friendships today for everyone who's listening? Yeah, I'd be more than delighted to. So, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today that we have this opportunity to come uh, to you, um, first of all, and that even in Scripture, Jesus, you said, I don't call you servants, but I call you friends. So thank you for the friendship that we have with you, Lord God. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who have experienced loss. Like, you know, it, it hurts. I mean, like loss. Like, the Bible says we don't grieve as those without hope, but we still grieve. And so I pray for those that are listening today and in that place, Lord God, that you would comfort them uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and that you would use other believers to comfort one another uh, with the comfort that we receive from Jesus. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, David Miles. All right, I would love for you to share about a form sign. Do I have that right? I think you call it an introvert's dream. I need more information, please. Well, you know, one of the things on the last segment, we were just talking about, oh, you know, take a step out and Mm -hmm. greet someone and things like that. And, you know, someone could be listening and say, yeah, right, that's great for you. You know, PD, I'm glad your mom did that for you. But, like, I'm not feeling like, where do I start? Where there's this thing that I, I learned and actually found out that I've been doing in my life, and it's, it's called form and sign. It's, it's, a way, it's kind of an acronym to think through things, even as you're talking with people, and getting to honor and get to know another image bearer. So form, F-O-R-M, F is for family, O is occupation, R is recreation, M is message. So if you have a piece of paper, not if you're driving, though, please, but if you have a piece of paper, write form down a line and write family, occupation, recreation, motivation, or message. The other side, write sign, and that's strengths, interests, goals, and needs. And so, for example, you know, meeting someone, if you're, if you're in Iowa or Minnesota, and, you know, like, are you, in, are you native Minnesotan? Or, like, where did you grow up at? Because that places a person and a family in a location, you know. Are you oldest, middle, youngest? Like, I just met people at, at the funeral I was at. And I asked person, I'm like, are you oldest, middle, youngest of how many? And I can tell you guys, I have asked that question, and someone just lost a loved one. And uh, we went from zero to 60. And that actually happened with a couple when I was in Ohio. And I asked the question, and the person had just 
lost their mom and had taken in their remaining siblings. And we went from there to, can I pray for you? That mm, couple wow. still at, that couple's still at the church that I was at. So other ones are like on moving to occupation, you know? What do you do for work? How did you get into that? That sounds fascinating. What do you find most interesting about it? What do you find most challenging? You know, when you ask a question like that, what they like about that, that's going to be their strengths and their interests, okay? What do you find challenging? If they're positively trying to address that, that's a goal. If they're negatively trying to take care of an emergency dumpster fire, that's a need, mm-hmm. you know? Recreation, you know, Bill, what do you like to do for fun in the five or ten minutes that you actually have because there are a number of things going on in your life? Well, great, I, I, I like road cycling. How'd you get into that? Who, who helped you get into that? Here's the thing, though. People really do want to share about themselves. They're just not sure that other people care to listen. And why I say that the form sign is an introvert's dream is because sometimes it's like, well, how do I carry a conversation? My goodness, like, what in the world am I going to talk about? Well, I don't want to watch social No, you're lovingly asking the other person questions and listening. And because introverted people are so good at listening and so good at paying attention. Here's, here's what's wild, Bill. I've sat down with people and have asked these questions. And I got to the end and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I pray? for what's going on with your work, your desire to be able to share the gospel more with your coworkers, and also your love of baseball and wanting to use that as a vehicle of discipleship. I did that with a guy named Levi in my church in Ohio. He looked at me with tears, and he's like, did you pray for that? Yeah. Do you know what, you know what I was praying for? I was praying for the things that I heard when I asked him about family, occupation, and recreation. And when he was sharing those things, he was sharing other needs and goals that he had and other interests. And that's why I say this is an introvert's dream, because you're asking questions and then you're listening. And sometimes when a person's sharing, you don't really have to say a lot. Sometimes you can go, oh, okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And let and, and, and let a person talk. And here's one way that you know sometimes that people – they want to share, but they might feel like they're imposing. So, like, if, if, I w- if you know, you were sharing with me with Bill, and I was, like, listening to you, and all of a sudden you'd say, hey, you know, PDM, you know, this is probably too much drama for you. Or you don't want to hear about that. Or, you know, you really have a lot of better things to do than listening to me. Those are ways that people are like, oh, my goodness, have I, I want to share, but have I shared too much that I've, inconvenience this person and when you say you know actually tell me more like i know they will tell you more because again people want to be known we were made to be known by god genesis and known by one another and when sin entered into the world it fractured our relationship with god and we went from being naked and in shame and i don't mean just physically but just in our emotions and our mind to hiding and so even though sin has done that, we still desire to know and be known by God and to be known and know others. Mm. So, and so this, yeah, go ahead. No, it's so good, David. No, I, I like that a lot. I, I love the, the form and sign. That's just a great acronym to have in your head. 
I remember talking to Dr. Jerry Root. He's uh, in evangelism at Wheaton College, and he talks about him having a hard time talking to people. But he said it's really simple. He goes, I was in the luggage area of an airport one day, and I was I was waiting for my luggage, and I said hi to the guy next to me. And I said, so are you originally from Chicago, where they were? And he said, no, no, I grew up in Florida. I moved to Chicago when I was 13 when my parents divorced. It's like, whoa, you're giving me all kinds of information that I never asked for. And he continued to ask questions along that line. It's how, how are you doing? And uh, how is your relationship with your parents today? And have you healed from that? And all of a sudden, he had a very meaningful relationship based on a very simple question he asked. Yes, absolutely. And I think you're, so you're... I encourage people to try it. Just try it. Yeah. I mean, like, try it. And here's the thing. God loves that person across from you so much that he gave his son. And here's the cool thing. If you want to grow in your faith, start doing this. Because I cannot tell you the times where God has given me a question to ask someone... And they looked at me and said, how was it that you were in my kitchen this morning with my spouse having this conversation? And, I, and all I can say is, I wasn't. You don't know me from Adam, but there's a God who knows you and loves you and sent his son to die for you and wants you to know that he, he cares about you and wants to know you personally. Mm-hmm. So good. David, I look forward to seeing you next week in studio. Next Likewise. week, no excuse, be back. You have a great rest of the day, thank, Bill. Thank you so much, Pastor hey, David. Ryan. Yeah. Ryan's smiling. You know, he wanted he wanted more airtime, but he didn't get it today. But we'll get we'll get him in next time. All right, that's all for the Monday afternoon mix. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, I'm gonna have the privilege of meeting Dr. Allison Cook. First time on the show. She's written a book called The Best of You. Break free from painful patterns, mend your past, and discover your true self in God. That's what's ahead next. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.